Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening in to the Creative Business Forum. I'm Bryant Walker with Tabo Media Group. I am joined today by an exciting guest. Um, he's actually a colleague of mine in our Vistage group, which we are geeking out with and growing at the moment. Um, none other than Gareth Evans, CEO and founder of Vecta, that's V-E-C-K-T-A. And they support businesses to access more sustainable and profitable energy needs. Gareth. Thank you for hopping on. I appreciate you being on the Creative Business Forum today. Love it. Great intro. So let's, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Working title, working intro. Let's just go ahead and dive in and just dive into our chat. Let's, um, can you just share a bit about you, about Vecta and what you're doing for business leaders? Yeah, sure. So Gareth, born and bred Liverpool, England, and uh, probably didn't expect to be here when I was sleeping on a, a friend's floor at the age of 22 in Canada, having traveled around the world and run out of money. I just finished a stint training with the Shaolin monks. I had an environmental science degree and I didn't have a clue where that was going to lead me, but I've had a super adventurous lifestyle. I always believe in mixing work and pleasure and adventure as much as is potentially possible. So I've done crazy things like 36-hour adventure races. I'm um, flown with the Royal Air Force, so flown planes. I um, and I've done extensive travel around the world. I worked in Iraq, Australia, Dubai, Canada, and the US. And all of that culminated in me uh, launching Vector in 2019. And Vector is the energy transition platform. And we support business leaders to really unravel the complexity that sur surrounds the energy transition. So, where is the business consuming and using energy today? What's their emission profile? What are their business needs? Do they want to reduce costs, emissions, or do they want to increase their energy security? Then we help them configure the optimal solution and then connect with the right suppliers in the market to build it. So really smart advisory you know, automation at the front end and then broker marketplace on the back end. Love it. Uh, I'm going to rename this episode to the Overachiever Hour with Gareth Evans. It was a <laughs> hell of an intro. Um, so well, that's awesome. So let's dive into sort of your ideal client. So we, we touched on, yep. you know, solving what is now a, an ever-changing landscape with energy, not necessarily just now, but really this, what's playing out now has been building up for the last 50 years. And now business leaders in different industries are trying to find more creative ways to access energy. And I'm probably doing a piss poor job of summing that, summarizing <laughs> that. But uh, you know, what what are people coming to you for? What are some of their their problems they're bringing to you and your team? You are spot on. I think ultimately the energy transition has become a buzzword, but it really boils down to three things that we think about. So our perfect customer is someone who's experiencing escalating costs, which is almost all customers today. They've either got power outage issues. So whether you're in California and when there's wildfires or heat waves and the power shuts off, or whether you're in Texas or Florida experiencing hurricanes, cold weather snaps, these all impact the security of the grid. So if you're experiencing power outages that are affecting the business and or you have set carbon reduction commitment targets that you're trying to achieve, that's where Vector comes in. So we specialize in supporting commercial and industrial business leaders. So businesses who have a fairly significant energy use need and are impacted by one of those three things. And really, we help people understand, you know, how can I modulate those levers to create the most sustainable and profitable outcomes? I think often people think um, profitability needs to be sacrificed for sustainability, but that's not the case. 
And really, there's kind of three core things businesses should be thinking about when they're going on this journey is how do they reduce their energy consumption as much as possible or do more with less? That comes into the energy efficiency play. How can I then generate and store energy at my asset to take control of my resilience, reduce my costs and reduce my emissions all at the same time? And then if you've got any additional emissions on top of that that you need to offset, that's when carbon credits and offsite power purchase agreements can come in for businesses. So there's a few levers to pull. We help customers and business leaders really understand what the the optimal path is for their needs. And you're fairly industry agnostic and looking at some of the projects and the, the clients that you've worked with, it ranges from Coronado Brewing and Domino's Pizza to General Electric, West Coast, Siemens, Kyocera. I mean, is there sort of a preferred vertical or industry for you? Or do you like being able to kind of jump around and be more agnostic industry-wise? In terms of the product and our what we've built from a software perspective is industry agnostic from a sales and marketing perspective. We focus primarily on manufacturing, food and beverage, and mining. And they're all, you know, they all have very critical business drivers. So on the food and beverage side, you know, they're consumer facing. So a lot of pressure to reduce emissions. They've got perishable products, which they can't afford to lose power for. And they typically operate on leaner margins. So they want to be able to manage their costs. So that's where the breweries, the grocery stores, the logistics firms who transport, they, they come into that. On the manufacturing, they're massive energy users. And, you know, we're working with one customer last week who has the ability to offset, reduce their energy costs by up to 400 grand a year and reduce their emissions by like 50%. So you can see the, the magnitude of benefits that they can see, and particularly those now in the energy tr- transition supply chain, whether they're producing electric vehicles or batteries or parts for other industries that are also trying to be greener, the pressure's kind of coming downhill. So they all need to start thinking about it. And then on the mining side, the energy transition isn't possible without a resource transition. So how do we extract these minerals and metals in the most sustainable way possible? And a lot of this has really been driven by the capital markets as well. Capital drives everything ultimately. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are now realizing to access sources of capital, they need to have a plan for how they can do, run their business smarter and greener. Is there some sort of industry report that you, you from a sales and prospecting standpoint are looking at, um, how do I phrase this, like loss leaders in the in the carbon space, or as they're they're not anywhere near carbon neutral, they're, uh, you know, the biggest contributors to carbon emissions, and I'm just hitting one segment of, of your target, but um, how do you go about prospecting and looking for new opportunities? Because I gather there's probably a lot, like you said, it's capital markets driven and they're they're not getting access to certain things if they're not on the greener side of business. So they're probably yeah. being a bit reactive and reaching out to you, but for others that you're, you're going after, what are some of the indicators you you seek out that makes, up, makes for a good client? Yeah, it's interesting. Most people wouldn't dig into this, but we actually built a really powerful tool at the front end of our product um, called Kinetic, which gives us the ability to actually give insights to a business leader without having to get any data from them. So where are they located? What's their industry type? And then we take the square footage of their business. And with just those three metrics, we can actually give them, here's your potential cost savings, here's your emission savings. So they can get an immediate insight into, should I even consider this? Is it worth me investing any time and energy? Because we don't want the industry 
chasing bad projects. You know, we believe let's kill bad projects early. So that's what we use from a marketing and sales perspective to prospect customers is being able to go in with a preliminary, are you interested in achieving X? Yeah. Um, here's the potential. And then obviously then taking them on that journey of uh, going into the paid services. Quite an exciting product that we've built to use internally, but now other people in industry are saying, would it be possible for us to use that? Because uh, we're right. also trying to pursue. Yeah, exactly. No, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's always nice when there's the uh, additional use cases for a product that you designed for yourself. <laughs> then, yeah. But then you 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 run the risk of like, well, I don't want to share. This is our secret sauce. I don't want to give it exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the nice thing about this industry, though, is you look at literally you look out your window, and any building is a potential customer. It's almost overwhelming to some mm-hmm. degree because yeah, you know, everyone's facing the same challenges and particularly escalating energy costs. And yeah. so, yeah, how do you help prioritize where is the industry, the market, society going to get the greatest return on investment? So that's kind of critical right now is helping cut through all the noise and focus on the, the high quality opportunities. Do you go after, like, I guess on a smaller scale, going after uh, like property management companies would be a, a good get, right? Like uh, maybe larger ones or regionally larger ones like Irvine Company, or does that create more challenges yeah. because of so many the different layers involved? I guess yeah. I'm trying to understand the balance between is it worth your effort or is it a lot of work for very little payoff for companies like that? REITs are a really interesting model for us because the actual property owner themselves, they typically roll, like they their tenants pay the energy costs and things like that. So they're less concerned about that. Mm-hmm. But what they are concerned about is something called scope three emissions. So people are measured on what they consume, what they produce, and then what their supply chain produces, which is scope three emissions. So we've been having conversations with REITs to say, how do you empower all your tenants to do, you know, go on this journey? And so using them almost as a channel partner to access that kind of many to one relationship, because the property owner ultimately has to bless the opportunity and they have to support solar being put on the roof or in the car park. But at the same time, they may not want to front the money. And so the tenants may be in there for 10, 15, 20 years. And so it makes a lot of sense for them to do it. Um, so there is an extra level of management to to deal with. But I think the opportunity is quite significant. And some of these REITs are massive and their portfolios are significant. So, you guys don't go that deeper level, though. You basically give them the roadmap and then it's on the land landowner or property owner to then implement that or enforce it. Or is it part of your partnership to monitor that in perpetuity or throughout the time of the partnership? So our platform will help them design the strategy. Then it helps them configure the right combination of technologies to meet their needs. So we look at solar storage, wind, gas, diesel, electric vehicles, hydrogen fuel cells. So that's the biggest part of the complexity today is Customers know they want to do something, but the default is let's just throw some solar panels on the roof. But the benefits of that are decreasing all the time. So what combination of technologies will meet their needs? Mm -hmm. And then we help them configure a request that goes into our marketplace. And then suppliers in the market then see that, bid on it. And then the customer is now in control. So instead of being passively sold to by these suppliers, now they're controlling the process. They're saying, here's what I want to buy. Quote me. They can compare their options and then award the work. And then to your point, we then monitor and verify that they're getting what they were promised and paid for. Got it. 
Okay. And they don't even have to finance these solutions. I think that's what's exciting is there are mm-hmm. people in the market who want to come in and actually finance them, build them, operate them, and just sell you, the business leader, energy on a monthly basis that's typically less than what you pay the utility. So it becomes a win-win. That's fantastic. Do you see, is there like a, um, I feel like what you're offering in this solution is, is um, it's very unique, right? I mean, do you have other competitors? I know that you do, but how do you go against other competitors in the space? And like, what is sort of your unique value proposition that is uh, kind of a claim to fame for lack of a better phrase? So I'd say there are no direct peer competitors in the market because it is, it's a new market, it's a new mm-hmm. product, it's a new approach to doing this type of work. I'm sorry to interrupt, but just to clarify, because my question then should be reframed. Yeah. You're more competing against lack of awareness for what can be done and the layers of complexity that the, your insights and your platform can really help shed some light on. That's right. I'd say there's two real things. One is there's the traditional kind of consulting and or a solar provider wants to come and sell you Bryant panels, buy my panels, someone else, buy my battery. How do you cut through that noise? So that's business as usual. It's very um, uncoordinated, very confusing, very complex for the energy consumer. Or they go the consulting route and they pay, you know, mega premium dollars, but really they get a report and they don't know how to then execute it. I'd say one of the biggest challenges, like you've alluded to, is education. You know, a lot of business leaders just don't know what's possible, who to turn to, where to begin. Do I even have options beyond my utility? Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, it's just the powers come on when they wanted it and they've never ever had to worry about it. It's been a line item in their budget and now it's becoming an increasing focus. And so, yeah, the the opportunity and also the challenge is always how do you educate people how do you take them on the journey? How do you get them comfortable with walking away from the status quo that has been a functioning grid? But mm-hmm. we're now relying on a grid that was built in some cases a hundred years ago. And that's, that's becoming increasingly, yeah, it's it is wild. Like literally, you and I would be getting power in some cases from equipment outside our house that could have been could be 70 years old. Well, and what's uh, crazy about it is that I mean, that just keeps that. Everyone seems to be okay with that. I mean, not necessarily okay with it, but we're somehow surprised when what happened in Texas a year or two ago or two winters ago was such a shocker. Like, oh my God, how did the grid fail? Like, how did it not fail sooner? Really is the better question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like energy is kind of a magical thing. I think a lot of us take it for granted, but today we're generating energy hundreds and hundreds of miles away. It's been sent down a massive series of, power lines and then distributed to every house and business and like you can't touch it you can't feel it like it's just it's like this magical thing um it really empowers our entire lives and so we're realizing that that that's kind of the old way of doing things that centralized infrastructure it's vulnerable it's aging it's expensive to maintain now these days with the kind of um NIMBY approach, you know, not in my backyard. People don't want transmission lines and district. So why aren't we generating and storing energy right where we use it? So, you know, a lot of people have done that on the residential side and that side of the business is kind of fairly mature now. But there's that massive commercial industrial business owner gap in the middle between that and the utility scale that 
it's a bit more complex. It's not as easy to figure out. So how do we bring simplicity to that part of the market? Is there an angle for Vecta to partner with um, municipalities and uh, you know districts or regions, uh, which is you know, I, I I would assume probably more macro and maybe a massive headache, but I feel like there's a tremendous value add, at least in the bigger picture of decentralizing energy usage and storage. Is that an angle for you guys? It will be. Um, I think you've alluded to it. It's always challenging working with public entities and government entities. There's very bureaucratic systems in place and checks and balances. It makes kind of speed to market a challenge and especially as a startup you want speed to market and speed to results right, so right, right. we like working with the the direct end, end users but you're spot on you know ultimately these organizations also have their own infrastructure wastewater treatment plants they have lots of infrastructure that they've got a power and they'll also be feeling the pinch of changing prices and resilience issues so how, how do they go on the journey? And really, I think the power of what we built is that transparency in the marketplace. How do you ensure you're getting the best deal possible while being a non-technical buyer? You know, you're a CFO, you're a plant manager, you've never thought about energy. So what questions do you ask? How do you ask it? How do you compare the responses back? That's really what we guide people on that journey. That's cool. I mean, it seems like uh, to be overly cliche, the sky is the limit for what you guys can offer and the different layers of support for different industries and different types of businesses and different positions within those businesses and industries. Yeah. And I, I went down a kind of a weird train of thought and just it's part of why I paused because it is on the municipality side, part of the value add could be that level of transparency. Like as a taxpayer, yeah. I'd love to see what yeah. the city of San Diego or wherever is is yep. doing with our energy usage to, or at least to offset my bill. I mean, the, the latest, the latest of many outrages at least for us and other places around California is, you know, people's gas bills have been skyrocketing very little to no explanation as to why it'd be very interesting. And I would argue a tremendous value add for a politician, um, you know, as bureaucratic as they may be to be able to showcase, Oh, look, look what we're doing. Look at this shiny object called Vecta. The reason to the, I know I'm putting more work on your plate, but um, it could be no, really great. exciting. It's I know you're early on in the journey, but it's really cool to see what you've built in a, in a relatively short amount of time with, you know, I would assume plenty of barriers to entry. <laughs> plenty of barriers throwing COVID and recessionary talks. And it's definitely been a spicy ride. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think in the energy sector, the commercial structure, first of all, is broken. You know, we've got these utilities who they're incentivized the way they make money is through a percentage of the capital they deploy. So the more capital they spend, they roll that onto us, the ratepayers. So there's mm-hmm. no incentive to how do I be more efficient because the less money they spend, the less rate they they warrant. Mm-hmm. And so uh, first of all, that needs to be changed. And then the analogy that kind of came to mind as you were speaking was today for a business leader thinking about this, it'd be like walking into a car showroom and all the parts being scattered on the floor and saying, build your car from the ground up then go and find a manufacturer to build it and then you know figure out who's going to pay for it and what we want to be able to allow people to do is to walk into that showroom floor compare three three models that really suit their needs and be pre-qualified for financing and walk out the same day that's really kind of where we're today and where we need to get to 
That's a really good analogy and really helps demystify, you know, all the all the unknowns and all the variables that are involved. Because, I mean, you're more aware of it because you're in the space, but I'm assuming hundreds, if not thousands of variables, and in this case, car parts, you can't drive off the lot if everything is literally just all over the place. You can't power your business efficiently unless all those little pieces are fine-tuned and operational and ready to roll off the assembly line. So I'm mixing metaphors. I need to eat lunch. Um, what? <laughs> let's. Uh, but just to wrap it up and, and make sure that people know about you and Vecta and how they can better connect with you and, and learn more about your platform. What do you want people to know and how can they get in touch with you or your team? If you're a business leader who is confused but has a pain point that they want to address, please reach out. Um, I'm most active on LinkedIn, so Gareth Evans and Vecta were all over LinkedIn, so V C K T A. Uh, vector.com is the best place to kind of get up to speed on what we do and how we do it. You can find me on most channels, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. So reach awesome. out, hang out, and uh, happy to support you on your journey. I have to say, speaking to my own ignorance, when I first met you and you said your company name, I just assumed it was Vector and it was your accent that was making it sound <laughs> nice and polished, but it is V-E-C-K-T-A.com. Yeah. Just to reiterate. Yes, yeah. and, it, I and it is a play on it is a play on vector because vector is to bring magnitude, direction, scale. So we want to bring that to the energy industry. I dig it. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> I really appreciate your time, Garrett. Thanks for being on on the Creative Business Forum, and look forward to chatting with you again. I'd love to have you on the show again once we have some you know new growth to talk about with the business. That'd be awesome. Now, thanks for the chat. Awesome. <laughs>